I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you to everyone that has reached out to me and that have inspired me to push on and to stay inspired despite the much longer than had anticipated break. I am disappointed, though, that I missed out on the entire month of October. I had planned for some really great Halloween-themed episodes, as well as a tribute to Walt Disney World for the 50th anniversary. But here we are. We are back, and hopefully sounding better than ever. I now have an actual recording area slash studio. No more hardwood floors, and I have a door that I can close off to prevent the much-beloved animals from interrupting me. We're finally moved in and settled. And for the foreseeable future, I should have no issues getting podcasts up for you every Friday. I will be re-recording a couple and reworking some that were time-sensitive into different episodes, or I might keep them the same and just upload them as bonus episodes. So with all that being said, it feels really good to be back behind a microphone, and I'm ready to dive into some Disney history with you. So thanks for sticking it out with me. to think that we all have a pretty good understanding of the Disney story. From Walt's time in Marceline to World War II to the first feature-length cartoon, as great and inspiring of a man that Walt was, I feel that we often overlook the level-headed, responsible Disney. This week, I want to take a moment to talk about Roy Disney. With the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World in October, I feel like it's the perfect time to talk about the man that made Walt's dream a reality. Roy Oliver Disney was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1893. I know, let that sink in for a moment. Roy was born in 1893. Truthfully, in all of my Disney knowledge, I had no idea that Roy was born that long ago. From a young age, Roy was responsible dependable, and an astute businessman. Beginning in 1911, he purchased a newspaper route from the Kansas City Star and delivered to over 600 customers. After that successful venture, he decided to work on the family farm. Afterwards, he settled down as a bank teller with his brother, Raymond Arnold Disney. Roy would join the Navy in 1917 but would end up contracting tuberculosis and would be discharged in 1919. Roy relocated to Los Angeles and worked as a banker again while recovering from his illness. As fate would have it, in 1923, Walt would join Brother Roy, and the two would begin to plan Disney Brothers Studios. After the creation of Disney Brothers Studios, Roy would meet Edna Francis, who would be his first and only wife marrying her in April of 1925. They had one child, Roy E. Disney, who would eventually serve as chairman of the Walt Disney Company. 
Walt would maintain the creative side of things while Roy happily worked in the background, being the business face of the company. In 1929, Walt bought out Roy's shares of Disney Brothers, but still maintained Roy as an equal partner. Roy was the first CEO of Disney starting in 1929, but would not officially take up the mantle until 1966, preceding the passing of his brother. After Walt passed in 1966, Roy oversaw the creation and construction of Disney World, postponing his retirement to ensure that his brother's vision would be completed. Roy would lobby and form the Reedy Creek Improvement District, a city with two cities comprising the whole. Roy would oversee the construction of the Magic Kingdom, the Rhodes, the Polynesian Resort, the Contemporary Hotel, the Palm and Magnolia Golf Course, and Fort Wilderness, either on or a month after Disney World's opening. Now, in all other podcasts, I do my best to call things by the correct name. However, the exclusion of calling the parks by their full name has been purposeful. See, until the opening ceremony for the Magic Kingdom, it was simply Disney World. But after Walt's passing, Roy knew not only did he have to make sure that the park would be superb and up to his brother's standards, he had to do more. On October 1st, 1971, Disney World would open... 24 days afterwards, Roy would make a dedication dubbing the parks Walt Disney World, stating, Everyone has heard of Ford cars, but have they heard of Henry Ford who started it all? Walt Disney World is in memory of the man who started it all, so people will know his name as long as Walt Disney World is here. After fulfilling his brother's final dream, Roy retired after the dedication. 56 days later, on December 20th, 1971, Roy would pass away at the age of 78. There would be several monuments and dedications to Roy the following years. In 2002, Roy's son would rededicate the train at Walt Disney World in his father's name. My favorite dedication is a statue of Roy and Minnie sitting on a park bench in Main Street, USA in Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, mirroring the partner statue. Roy would have numerous accomplishments in his life, truly being the backbone and the reason that Disney was able to survive and become what it is today. Roy never wanted the spotlight. He left it all to Brother Walt. Roy was humble, regardless of running one of the largest media companies, regardless of opening not one, but two of the largest, most visited theme parks in the world. Roy's greatest accomplishment was being a father and a husband and being able to work with his brother every day. At the end of the day, it's crucial to look at the people behind the person. Walt is great. I adore him and everything he did. But without Roy, Walt would not have been able to come nearly as far as he did. So when you get a chance to go to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or truthfully anything Disney, remember it all started with a mouse, but it was responsibly ran by the man who made the mouse's older brother, who would not allow his younger brother to put real gold on It's a Small World, but the older brother had to leave on a business trip and the younger brother got a hold of the company's checkbook. And guess what? We have real gold on It's a Small World and Roy would not have wanted it any other way. <laughs> 